If you have your Bibles, turn to the Hall of Fame of Faith, and that's Hebrews chapter 11 as we continue verse by verse, and really we're going person by person. Amen. I was going to skip over some of these names, but I thought if they made the Hall of Fame of Faith, I'm not going to skip over one of them. And who's, who's in a hurry? Say amen. Now, we try to end this service by 12 o'clock because there's no nursery, and uh, some of you can't breathe, and uh, so we try to make it a little shorter than usual, but... Um, uh, we're not going to shorten up this series, amen? And we're going to preach on uh, a man that probably I have never preached on, and that's his name is Barak, Barak, and so we're excited about that. It's good to have Aunt Taylor sitting on the front row. Uh, her sister had a baby boy, healthy, wealthy, and wise, amen? And uh, thank the Lord for that. And good to have uh, Nathan's, uh, two of his children with us, amen? And uh, one came all the way from... China, I believe. Amen. She got out just in time, thank the Lord. And uh, I know that Stephen is happy about having their grandchildren sitting with them this morning. So it's a, it's a good day. I want you to pray for several of my friends, Charles Blackstock, Danny Moore, have the COVID, and their pastors that I know miss being in their pulpit. They're probably all listening to this broadcast right now. No, we're not that close. But, uh, uh, you know, they, they need prayer. They need prayer. Amen. And there's several others that... Uh, have this terrible virus that we need to pray for and ask God to help them uh, in a special way. Levitt Avenue lost one of their members uh, this week. I think he was diagnosed Friday and died Saturday. No, no, he was diagnosed uh, Wednesday and died Friday. Brother George Cross. He'd been a member of Levitt Avenue Baptist Church for 50 years. 50. He joined when he was a teenager. And he was a treasurer, a head deacon. And uh, I just can't imagine what Brother Ron's going through. He just lost his wife several months back, and so uh, pray for them, pray for our neighbor in church, I believe we ought to lift them up in prayer, amen, and I uh, listened to the funeral service while I was studying yesterday morning, and then uh, Brother Jason and I had a wonderful visit with the Millers, good to see them back this morning, and it's just wonderful to have you in the house of God, it's nothing like being together, even though we're still trying to be socially distant, I was watching Brother Tony early this morning, he has a nine o'clock service for everybody that's 60 and above. Then he has a 10 o'clock service for all the young people, 59 and below. Uh, I think I've, I've, I don't, I don't uh, qualify that younger group anymore. And uh, it has no Sunday night service, no Wednesday night service. Uh, they take the temperature when they go in the door. I appreciate that kind of precaution because he's got a lot of old people in his church, old as me. And so they need all the care and uh, 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 they can have. And Brother Tony's doing a great job down there as well as Brother Nason doing a great job up in Michigan. Amen. You ought to go up there sometime and visit with them. It's a wonderful place to take the gospel. Amen. All right, let's stay in all the Word of God. One verse that you're going to get off easy. Great song, Brother Randy. That reminds me of the choir. Boy, I sure miss y'all. Uh, Tuesday, we might just scatter out. Have baritone over here and tenor over here, bass over here. Have the ladies sort of scatter out and just sing from the pew. Amen. We might just do that. Amen. And so uh, we're going to have a great time. You come here, Brother Austin Gardner. He preaches through the Bible. And I guarantee he'll preach the Word of God. And uh, I'm excited about God sparing his life. You have to listen very closely. He sounds a lot like Jim Roberts now because he uh, roasted his vocal cords with uh, 26 days on the ventilator. But he's coming back. Amen. He's got big visions. And I guarantee you, uh, big, big undertaking that he's going to share with us uh, Tuesday. It's exciting. All right, verse 32. And what shall I more say? 
For the time would fail me, that's what I say every message in closing, uh, Hebrews 11, 32, to, to, uh, the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson. That's tonight. I can't wait to preach on Samson. And of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. I want you to notice that word in the middle, Barak. But I'm really going to preach on the lady that encouraged him, prophetess. There are several prophetesses in the Bible, and uh, uh, on Deborah. And so I hope you'll get a, a blessing out of this message on the contagion of faith. Our faith should be so contagious. We ought to be running a fever of faith. We ought to be in contact with the lost. We ought to take the gospel to a lost and dying world by faith. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you so much for the good singing. I feel your presence in this place. It's good to see ones we hadn't seen in a while. It reminds me of the old days when I was young and they were younger. But Lord, there's been many years past, and I thank you, God, for the privilege of pastoring this church. I thank you for the privilege of being in the ministry. Uh, Lord, lately, <clears throat> I'm just reminded, I, I thank you for the privilege of life. Every breath is an individual blessing from God. Every heartbeat. And God, we do pray that you'd comfort Ms. Lois and her family tomorrow as I preach the message, give us the words to say, <clears throat> that somebody might be brought under a Holy Ghost conviction right there at the graveside and get saved. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this message, that, Lord, we'd have the kind of faith that Deborah had, that we're going to influence uh, men of God to stay on the front lines, to take new grounds for Jesus, and God, just be a very big encouragement of faith to someone we know. And so, Lord, give us contagious faith this morning. In Jesus' name, <clears throat> amen. Now, to get the rest of the story, y'all got off real easy, but one verse standing. But turn to Judges chapter 4. Judges chapter 4. I was going to go through the book of Judges, and Hebrews has led me there quicker than I thought I'd be. And uh, I want you to look at Judges chapter 4 for a few minutes together. Have you ever experienced infecting someone? I mean, this is probably, not a, this is probably a touchy subject in this day and age of all this uh, virus that's so contagious. And probably you did it without being conscious that you were infecting somebody. But I want to tell you something, friend. We need to catch it. We need to catch faith. We need to be around people that believe God. And folks, faith is belief with shoes on it. There ought to be some action in their life. There ought to be, there ought to be some inspiration that leads to um, uh, faithfulness, amen, and work, and uh, soul winning, and preaching, and teaching. Uh, Barak and Deborah lived in a time, a lot like America's experiencing, a time of terrible, terrible sin. And um, Deborah's faith took the initiative. Barak um, <clears throat> listened to the lady of wisdom. That's what prophetess means, a lady that's inspired from heaven with wisdom. How many are glad for some of the ladies in this church that's got wisdom? Say amen. <clears throat> and folks, without the ladies of this church, we'd be in bad trouble. I'll tell you that right now. And so behind every public man of God, there is a great woman of God. I appreciate the way you honored Miss Connie's birthday <clears throat> Wednesday, and we celebrated uh, Thursday. I took her to Cracker Barrel for gravy and biscuits and 
you know, we did that very carefully, and, and uh, it's just hard to get that gravy through that mast, I'll tell you that, but we tried. Amen. Got a little of it on it, but uh, we had a good time spending the day together, and I thought about what a blessing she's been to my life. I guarantee you this, I would not be the pastor of this church if I didn't have a lady of faith behind me and a lady of wisdom. And often she's giving me some wise counsel like this. It's too early to quit. <laughs> hey, don't get mad. <clears throat> don't get sad. Uh, how many of your wives ever said that to you? Say amen. <clears throat> and so uh, I need her, and I thank God for her. And uh, she is my prophetess. She is my help me. And I want you to see real quick in uh, uh, chapter 4 uh, what happened with Deborah and Barak. The Bible says, And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Elu the, was dead. <clears throat> and the Lord sold them unto the hand of Jabin the king of Cana <clears throat> that reigned in Hazor. And the captain of those hosts was uh, Sisera, which dwelled in Hasrath, of the Gentiles. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he had 900 chariots of iron. <clears throat> and 20 years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. For 20 years. And Deborah, a prophetess, that's who I want to preach on tonight, today, the wife of Labatha, uh, she judged Israel at that time. She was the fourth judge, and uh, Barak was the fifth judge. And the Bible says um, she dwelt under the palm trees of, of Deborah between Ramoth and Bethel in the Mount Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Wise woman. And she sent and called Barak, the son of Abinanam, out of Kadesh Naphtia, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw towards Mount Tabor and take with thee 10,000 men of the children of Naphtha and of the children of Zebulun. And I will draw unto thee the river of Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army and his chariots and his multitude, and I'll deliver them unto thy hands. Now listen to verse eight. This is amazing to me. And Barak said unto her, if thou will not go with me, <laughs> Amen. What a man. Praise God. If thou will not go with me, then I will, uh, it says, if thou will go with me, then will I go. But if thou will not go with me, then will I not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord sell Sisera unto the hand of, the, hand of a woman. And Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Uh, I want you to notice, friend, that here's a man of God that needed some encouragement. And I want to tell you what encourages you more than anything else is somebody that comes alongside and effect, infects you with faith. Thank God for you ladies that uh, encourage your husband. Thank God for you that encourage your children by faithfulness and living by faith. Faith is contagious. We ought to run a fever of faith this morning. We ought to be so contagious that it rubs off on others. We ought to have a pioneer spirit. I pray to God, and I'm getting older, but I hope I never lose the pioneer spirit. Some of the greatest days of my life was meeting in that house up there that they use as a haunted house 
before we started in February. That's why the walls glowed when we flipped on the lights. And we had that plank on top of that radiator heater, that steam heater from the boiler in the basement, I guess. I don't know where it's coming from. And we put that plank on there and put that sheet on there. And we had a lady that played every hymn to the tune of Amazing Grace, every hymn. She, she, it was the same thing. We had Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket, one bucket. Uh, the day we have a bucket out in the hallway. And we had to pass it down the steps and we prayed it come back up. Now, folks, those were good days. And I was scared to death and I'd never pastored before in 1978. And we had a 12 by 15 room with these old metal chairs and uh, the aisle down the middle. And thank God on that first Sunday, a big old man started moving towards the altar. We could see him because he blocked the whole aisle. And then a bigger wife, excuse, I shouldn't have said that. A, a wife as big as him grabbed him by the arm and I said, oh no, she's going to pull him back and not let him come get saved. And she started crying and we all heard what she said. A 12 by 15 uh, commodious sanctuary, you're going to hear what they say. And she said, Bruce, you're not going to go down there and get saved unless you take me with me because I need to be saved. And they both got saved. And praise God, I baptized them um, at South Dalton Baptist Church. Amen. And it was, I was scared to death they wouldn't come back up, but they did. You're light in the water. But anyway, and I thank God. I thank God for the blessing of stepping out by faith. But I tell you what I really thank God for is I had a wife that didn't say, are you sure you're crazy? You got a degree uh, in uh, business administration. I didn't marry a preacher. Uh, what are you doing? And I said, I'm doing what God called me to do. We're going to start this church. And she was right with me. She was a Deborah to my life. And I will tell you something, folks. Prophetess, there's several of them mentioned in the Bible. Miriam was a prophet, prophetess. Uh, Hubal, H-U-L-B-A-H probably mispronounced her name in 2 Kings chapter 22, was in charge of the clothes of the king, but she was a prophet, prophetess. She had wisdom to, to, uh, to uh, advise Josiah. Hey, friend, listen, Anna is referred to as a prophetess, one that held baby Jesus. Philip, you know his story. He left a great revival and went and witnessed to an Ethiopian eunuch. All four of his children referred to as prophetess. Folks, prophetess means woman of supernatural wisdom. In Judges chapter 5, look at verse 7. This is how Deborah described her calling. She said uh, uh, in the last phrase, until that I, Deborah, arose, that I arose a mother in Israel. A mother in Israel. I want to tell you something. There's a high calling to be a mama of wisdom, a mama of faith. A mama that prays over his children. She became a mother to Israel. And she became an advisor to Barak. And folks, I want to know, there's only two women mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. But folks, I believe that Deborah could have been mentioned. Because if Deborah hadn't done her part, Barak would have never done her part. Ladies, you have an important role in the kingdom of God. Ladies, you have a very important, this would make a good Mother's Day message, wouldn't it? Uh, you, you have a very important office. And that is to not just prophesy, but thank God, encourage and strengthen and witness. I believe Fanny J. Crosby uh, could be called a prophetess. Boy, you ever heard her songs? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory is mine. 
She was blind at the age of six months old. She didn't get bitter. She got better and wrote 5,000 hymns and 7,000 poems all about Jesus. One time a doctor came to her and apologized for putting her eyes out with mustard polis. And she said, don't worry about that. I've been trying to find you. And she said, yeah, probably to uh, do a lawsuit against me. He says, no, I've been trying to find you to thank you for putting my eyesight out. Because if, I hadn't, if I'd have had my eyesight all these years, I might have missed seeing him who is invisible. Now, how many of you got bitter at a doctor that put your eyesight out? And folks, I think about Suzanne Wesley, 17 children, brought great men of God into this world and taught them. She spent an hour with every child every week. That's 17 hours of training. Thank God. And folks, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 11 12 that women should not usurp authority over men. That's why I don't believe in lady preachers. Can somebody say amen? I, I, it's pretty hard for a lady to be the husband of one wife. So y'all figure that out, and we'll go ahead and ordain one, amen? But you can't be a husband of one wife if you are a female. And I don't believe there's any place in God's economy for you to change from a husband to a wife or a wife to a husband. Say amen. That's perversion. But I want to tell you something, friend. The Bible says you should not usurp authority over a man, and a man ought to be a spiritual leader. But I want to tell you something, without a good spiritual follow, they're pretty in bad shape. If you don't have a good wife, you're in bad shape. That's why I'm, I'm going to tell you this, friend. You need to pray about who you marry because it can ruin your life or it can help your life. Thank God for that. So thank God for the ministry of godly women. Thank God for the Deborahs in our church. Thank God for the ones that uh, know God, love God, and raise their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's a divine call right next to that sink, amen? Don't you ever apologize for being a keeper of the home. Don't you ever apologize for the great title of mama. Don't ever apologize for being a godly wife, say amen. And folks, the, the, the faith was contagious and Barak, the great man of God, the, the warrior um, said, I'm not gonna go without you. I'm not gonna go without you. You saw, oh, he is a sissy. No, he wasn't no sissy. He just needed some encouragement. Because I'm going to tell you something, next, next, next time you try to get in a battle, find out how much discouragement will hit you in the face. Hey, next time you get in a battle, uh, think about how many times you second-guess yourself when you're not in the battle. But when you get in a battle against Satan, Satan works on your mind. He works on your self-confidence. He works on your calling. He, he makes you a doubter and a powder instead of a believer. Say Amen. And folks, I want to tell you something. When a Deborah comes along, well, it's a wonderful blessing when there's a prophet that shows up and says, hey, has not God said? And this is what you need to do. And say it in a sweet way where it's not, bless God, I told you to do this. If my wife ever said that towards me like that, I'd do the opposite. And you men would too. Say amen, y'all stubborn. But I want to tell you something. The sweet spirit of submission. She came to this great man of God. And I want you to look at verse 8. We see not only the woman God chose, Deborah, but we see the warrior that God called, Barak. In verse 8, the Bible says this in uh, Judges chapter 4. It's, and I've already read it. It says, Barak said to her, If thou will go with me, then I'll go. But if I will not go with me, then I will not go. And folks, the warrior needed some encouragement. But I want to tell you what the warrior needed. He needed some faith. And he made the hall of fame of faith, so don't call him a wimp. And, he, and God evaluated him as a great person of faith 
and wrote it down in Hebrews chapter 11, or he had Paul write it. I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. But I want you to know this, friend. Faith was contagious that day. The fever and fervency for God rubbed off from one lady to a great warrior. Folks, the real relationship, she walked with God, influenced him, influenced him to go forth into battle even though he was scared to death and he was greatly, greatly outnumbered. And I'll show you that in just a minute. She was willing to follow God's leading and be in contact. That's how you make, infect people. Contact. With, by her faith, she influenced his faith. Now look at verse 9, though, in Hebrew, uh, Judges chapter 4 real quick. And she said, I will surely go with thee. Notwithstanding, the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. Or my honor, she was implying. For the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of, the, of a woman. And I believe that was a question mark. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. You know what she was saying? I'm not leading the army. You're the leader. I'm just advising you that God has called you, Barak, and God will equip you, and God will sustain you. And folks, we see this is the man, uh, God's calling to lead the battle, but he needed an encourager. He needed somebody that was uh, fervent of faith. Behind every great missionary is a great lady of God. Amen, brother, brother Underwood, you better say amen real loud, amen. She is a faithful wife. And I want to tell you something, behind every pastor is a great lady of God. And I thank God for it. And I've seen preachers last 2.8 months, two, point, uh, two years, eight months, that's the average stay of a local Baptist preacher. And a lot of time it's because the wife gets bitter. The wife gets uh, homesick or the wife gets uh, upset or the wife leaves the husband. And folks, it's not always the wife's part. Sometimes the spiritual leader is just sorry. Folks, I want to tell you something. God but brings a couple together of faith. It's wonderful. You ought to have contagious faith. You ought to have close faith with one another. Hey, I want to tell you something. It takes a lot of faith to raise children these days. Say amen. And you know something? Husbands and wives, you need to get your act together. You need not be divided in the discipline, not divided in your devotion. There ought not be a vote on whether you're going to church or not. There ought to be a united front. Say, hey, Junior, get up. We're going to church. We're not going to vote on it. And we're definitely not going to let Junior run the house. Amen. You're more than a best friend to your kids. You're mama and your daddy. And praise God, when there's a united front, those children have no excuse but to submit to God that you follow. But if you're divided, they're going to find the one that's weakest. They're going to find the weakest link. And they're going to follow that one. And folks, listen, it's wonderful to have a wonderful marriage, isn't it? Spiritual oneness. And so how did, uh, how did Barry get his faith? Number one, the origin of his faith is found in, in verse 6 in, in chapter 4. I've got to close. But it says, and Barry was uh, reminded by Deborah, he says, has not God, has, has not the Lord God of Israel commanded? Now she's saying, hadn't the Lord God of Israel? She's saying, hey, listen, your faith is not upon, upon me. Your, your, the origin of your faith is the Lord thy God saith. Folks, the origin of our faith is faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. 
whether it's by female voice or by male voice or by any voice, we need to voice that God has called us to be who we should be for his glory. And then second of all, I see the object of it. They said the Lord God of Israel. Now, folks, she's not preaching, but she's close to it. Amen. She's saying, hey, listen, God called you, Barry. I ain't called you. I just want to remind you. It's called a holy reminder. Uh, she's, a, she's, a, she's, a, she's a spiritual secretary. Let me get, get the notes out, Barrett. The Bible, God said, the God of Israel has said. The God of Israel has not only said, he has commanded to go and draw towards Tabor and take the 10,000 men of the children of Naphtal and the children of Zebulon. He said, God has called us to do something. And so we see the operation of faith, Brother, Brother Cody. I will go. I will go. Folks, you got to put feet on your prayers, amen? But I want to tell you something. It sometimes takes somebody to encourage you. You know what I love about this church? You're encouraging. And my wife had flowers and cards and, and candy, and she couldn't eat the candy, so I, I did that. I helped her out. Uh, she's a diabetic. Don't tell nobody. Just keep on bringing those sweets. I'll take care of them. I promise you. That sugar-free, uh, 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 she gave me a little bit of it, but I didn't eat all the sugar-free uh, cheesecake, Brother Steve. But praise God, I wanted to. Ever since she's become a diabetic, I've come fat. No, I mean, I've been overweight. We're at a banquet, and they come by with, a, with the uh, dessert, and I said, well, she says, no, man, no, I can't take that. I said, I'll take it. And I'll eat her dessert. That's <laughs> awful, isn't it? Praise God. I've enjoyed the desserts. But I'll tell you this. I've enjoyed living with a woman of faith and a lady that's of encouragement and a lady that's wise in the ministry. And she always encourages me to do what God says do. Amen? She's always encouraged me to be faithful. She's always encouraged me to preach the word. I didn't need... Well, I do need her encouragement, but I need to listen to God and I need somebody to remind me. Don't listen to the crowd and don't listen to the naysayers and don't listen to the complainers. Listen to God. Listen to God. And then last but not least, I see the wonder God calls. Not only do we have the, the uh, woman that God called to be the encourager or chose and the wonder uh, and, the, and the man of the warrior that God called Barak. But now we see a wonderful battle take place. And that's what I want to dwell on just for a few moments, especially one verse. It's an it's a, it's amazing verse, chapter 5, verse 20. But I want you to read chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. The battle's on. There's 10,000 chariots of iron. That's like tanks in modern-day terminology. And there's 10,000, excuse me, there's 900 of them. And there's 10,000 men. You say, well, man, that's such a great army. But folks, that's like foot soldiers going against tanks. There was no hope in this battle except some, something happened supernaturally. And look at chapter 4 of Judges and verse uh, 10. Going down to verse 10 of chapter 4, verse 10. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtal to Kadesh, and they went up 10,000 men at at his feet, and Deborah went up with him. Amen. And then if you'll uh, skip on down to verse 14, the Bible says, And Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered 
Sisera into thy hand. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? There's a good reminder. God's going to take care of this, Barry. Go ahead. Amen. There's that encourager again. And you encourage me by just being here today. You encourage me the way you listen. Encourage me last week when that little fella got his first Bible and hugged it to his chest and said, praise God, I got my first Bible. That encourages me because it encourages my faith that it's not, not just uh, uh, futile what we're doing, but it's eternal. Amen? And look at this. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor, 10,000 men after him. Look at verse 15. And the Lord discomfited, uh, comforted uh, Sisram and all his chariots and all, and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak so that Sisera lighted off his chariot and fled away on foot. And I'll make a long story short. Uh, the, the battle got on and it got so bad that he fled and then he fled to a lady's tent and the lady put a nail through his temple. He'd never had anything enter his mind like that, I guarantee you, and nailed him to the ground and killed him and slayed him. One little lady put a nail through his temple. Nailed him. Praise God. It seems like a good army of 10,000 men, Brother Randy. But I want to tell you something. It was, it's literally foot soldiers going against a battalion of tanks, chariots of iron. And Cicero knew his chariots were superior. I can see his smugness now. That his army was better and his record was untarnished. But he trusted, his trust was in the wrong place. Turn with me real quick to Psalms verse 20, or chapter 20 and verse 7 real quick. Psalms 20 verse 7. I'll get to the verse I want to give you and we'll close. Psalms chapter 20 and verse 7. The Bible says, Some trust in chariots, and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. Amen? Folks, you can trust in a lot of things in the battle, but if you don't trust in the name of the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the Lord that's able, the Lord that's almighty, you're in trouble in the battle. And so God moved. God moved. Thank God he moved in a mighty way. Uh, you'll see it in uh, Deborah's song. In chapter 5, she starts singing a song. And look at verse, chapter 5, verse 4. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, and when thou marchest out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled. She's saying what happened in the battle. The earth trembled. Now get hold of this. And the heavens dropped the clouds, also dropped water. Now listen now, verse 5. The mountains melted from before the Lord. Even Sinai, from before the Lord God of Israel. God moved. God intervened. What happened? The battle was on at the foot of Tamar. That's only a few uh, miles from the meadow where the battle of Armageddon will be fought. And here comes Sisera, the general of the king of Cana. He's got 900 tanks. They're getting ready to do war. And Sisera thinks, man, this is going to be a piece of cake. And then something happens. And what we describe it, like when I was in South Georgia, it was a stump floating, frog strangling rain. I mean, it came down in sheets. If Bobby Jackson was here from South Georgia, he'd say amen. He knows what I'm talking about. It's dry until it rains. 
And folks, the bottom fell out. That's what chapter four, the last phrase, so chapter five, verse four says, and the heavens dropped and the clouds also dropped water. Folks, I want to tell you something. In the midst of this battle, with all these mighty chariots of iron, the bottom fell out. I mean, it rained. And then the Bible says, the, and the mountains melted. Mudslides began to take place. And the river book, Kishram, began to overflow. And get the picture now, the entire battlefield turned to mud. You know what happens when you get a heavy tank in mud, don't you? It gets bogged down. The historian Josias recorded the battle. He said there came a blinding rainstorm. It was moving the direction from the army of, of uh, Sisera, coming down right in the face of those that were driving those chariots. He said the rain was cold and the clothes were soaked. The arms became numb. The chariot's wheels bogged down and God gave the victory. Amen. But I want you to see something even better than that in closing. Look at verse 20 of chapter 5. And then we'll close. It said, they fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. Listen, they fought from heaven. And the stars in the courses fought against Sisera. Deborah says, go ahead and go into the battle, Barry. God's going to give us this battle. He's commanded us to go, and he's going to give us the victory. And I want to tell you something, folks. The reason is the stars in their courses fought against Sisera. The fight was fixed. Sisera did not have a chance because God gave the victory to Deborah and Barak and to the children of Israel. God has programmed every molecule in this world to fight against sin, but to bless the yielded. Don't get the idea that you can sin successfully in the battle of the Lord. Folks, the breastplate of righteousness in the battle gives you strength and confidence because you look at it over your heart saying that he fought other battles and there's victory. When they had that belt of truth, it was a sash across it and there was medals of all the battles that these soldiers won. And in the midst of the battle, they had courage because they looked at the breastplate and saw all the victories that God had won through them. And folks, we need to remember the victory of Calvary. We need to remember the victory of the resurrection. We need to remember the 10,000 times that God has come through for you when you couldn't come through for yourself. God is able. And the stars have lined up for you to have victory. The whole universe is behind a man who has faith in God in the battle. Satan is selling a sinking ship. He is bogged down in the mud of this world. But thank God the Lord rules the stars of the sky and lines them up for us. Folks, the stars, is, of course, reminds us of the master of the wind and the master of the rain. And that, folks, if God be for us, who can be against us? And that we're more than conquerors through him that strengthens us. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Don't face this battle we're going through in the flesh. Don't get your little feelings touched up, hurt, not come back to church in the flesh. What you need to do is have faith. And you need to have more faith than you ever had in your life. Because we're in the last days and the devil's trying to defeat you emotionally, physically, 
spiritually. He's trying to divide this church. There's sides uh, forming right now of division in our church. Never thought it happened in my pastorate. But it's been that way all ever since I started the church, there's been division. When we was in the little storefront, and when we was in the house, people started fussing with each other. You pastor more than one person, it's a challenge. Say amen, Nathan. It's a challenge. Don't say it too loud, they might be listening. But I want to tell you something. Thank God for the victory that was won at Calvary. Thank God for the victory of the Spirit abiding in you. Thank God the Lord has all of heaven at his disposal to line it up for you. It's a battle that's fixed if you'll have faith in God. Barak had faith in God. Barak was encouraged to have faith in God by a little lady named Deborah. And when they faced the enemy, God sent a frog strangler, a mudslide, just simple rain, but a whole lot of it, and bogged the 900 chariots of iron down. And those 10,000 soldiers could fight an equal battle. And they ran up and slew by the edge of the sword all the enemy. King thought he was wise enough to run and he went to the wrong house with the wrong lady. And she put a nail through his temple. And he died in disgrace. I love 1 John 5, 4 and 5, and I'll close with these verses. The Bible says this. It says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Say amen. We're overcomers. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Folks, are you an overcomer? Or have you been overcome? 900 chariots of iron bogged down in unbelief. Some trust in chariots, and some trust in horses. We will remember the name of the Lord our God. Success is finding out where God's moving and getting in it. Success is being planted by the rivers of life. You'll prosper in due season. Your leaf shall not wither. Whatsoever you shall do will prosper. Hey, folks, victory is, and success is defined meditating in the Lord day and night. And folks, I want, to, I want to close with this thought. Think about Rome for a second. The proud mistress of the land and sea, she thought that she had conquered everything. I mean, the, the, emperor, the empire of Rome. And there was a man named Pilate who judged Jesus guilty, worthy of death, and crucified Jesus. And when Pilate did that, Rome had a collision with the stars. Rome became just a piece of refuge in the history of garbage because they no longer exist. Why? Because they opposed the lovely Lamb of God and they thought they were conquerors over Jesus, but the stars had lined up to destroy the Roman Empire that stood against Jesus. Think about the Pharaoh when God called Moses out of Egypt. and God said, leave my people out and the Pharaoh said, I'm not gonna let you go. And Pharaoh made a mistake. You know what Pharaoh should have done? He should have gave, gave them a royal escort out of town. It had been a whole lot easier. But folks, he, he lined up against the people of God. And you know the rest of the story. They went into the promised land, but Pharaoh and his army drowned in the bottom of the Red Sea. And you think about in modern day history or recent, more recent history, Napoleon. 
what an arrogant man Napoleon was. Napoleon marched on Russia and on Moscow. He had 500,000, uh, half a million hand-picked soldiers, and soon he would have Moscow and rule the world. In his mind, he would have to have the world. And a little snowflake fell and kissed his cheek. And he brushed it off in arrogance. And he laughed. What is this? And another snowflake. And then a handful. And then an avalanche of snowflakes. And then the mountains of snow. And Napoleon's horses reared and floundered and sank in the snow. And a half million hand-picked soldiers were frozen on the plains of Russia. You know what happened? Napoleon was arrogant. And he said, God is on the side of those that have the heaviest and most equipped battalions. And he was right, but he forgot that God stations his battalions in the sky. And it's supernatural victory that we need. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And folks, little old Deborah came up to great bearing and says, has not God commanded? And has God not told you to go with your 10,000 men against the armored iron chariots and watch God win the victory? And she praised God for the rain. And she praised God for the mudslide in her song. But praise God, it all ended with a bigger synopsis of the battle. It said, in verse 20, Judges chapter 5, they fought from heaven. And the stars in their courses fought against Sisera. I'm glad I got some heavenly peace this morning. I'm glad I got some heavenly power this morning. I'm glad I got a heavenly purpose this morning. And when things get tough, I can't look to the right, can't look to the right, left, and I can't even look to my wife, and I can't look to people. I got to look up. And I got to see from whence help cometh my help. And that God's lined up the stars. He's already fixed it. He's already planned it. That we can claim his presence, his power, because he made the stars. And he rules the stars. And he rules all the men that try to come against us. Thank God for faith. And thank God for ladies and gentlemen that will be contagious with their faith and say, has not God commanded? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this lesson on Barak. I sure wanted to skip over to Sam, Samson. Looking forward to the message tonight, but God, we need this message. We need the message to realize that God is a supernatural God. He's a heavenly God with some heavenly power right now through the Holy Spirit to give us the victory that overcometh the world, that overcometh the sorry flesh. God even overcomes ourself. And Lord, yes indeed, overcomes Satan. Lord, thank you for the victory, even our faith. God, thank you that we have, vic we have faith in the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for our sins. Three days later, up from the grave he arose. Forty days later, he ascended to the right hand of God, and he ever liveth to make intercessions from heaven for those in the battle of life. And Lord, we thank you that even the stars line up for us. 
in the battle. God help us to trust, not in chariots, but in the name of the host of the Lord. That we'll trust in you. That we'll pray. God will seek your leadership through the Word of God during this time. And we'll let you fight our battles. Lord, thank you. Thank you for those that encourage others and infect others with faith. Faith in God. God, increase our faith. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't know if anybody's going through a battle in this room, but I imagine you are. And I don't know if anybody in this room is going through times of discouragement and depression, but you probably are. And I don't know if any of you are called into the ministry and sometimes you have doubts of how it's going to get accomplished and how you're going to be effective and how you're going to be victorious and even how you're going to get there. But there is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven. Let me encourage you. There is a God in heaven that will help you. The same God that called you will equip you. The same God in heaven that called you will defeat the enemy. How many say, preacher, this morning I need this message. And I want to be an encourager of faith and I want to be contagious with faith. And I want to live by faith and I even want to battle by faith. And that's my prayer this morning. Would you please pray for me? Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? God bless you. Thank you for being here. I needed this message. And, I pro and probably you did too. There's battles, aren't there? Boy, there's, there's been a lot of battles lately. Never thought there'd be this kind of battles. In my heart, in my emotions, in my soul. How about you? Anybody else? Oh, the devil will try to defeat you. The devil will try to discourage you. He'll use the ones closest to you sometimes to hurt you. A child, a husband, a wife. But thank God the victory is written in the sky and it's from above. God is able. Father, I pray if there's any that's lost this morning that they realize they're on the losing side, they'll never be more than a conqueror and dear God, they'll even die and go to hell and not heaven. And I pray, Lord, they'd walk this aisle and let us show them in the Bible how to be saved. And God, for we Christians, help us to be a testimony with contagious faith. God, may we go out in this world and infect, infect people with faith. God, we'd encourage people with faith. That we'd touch people with faith. God, that people would be addicted to faith because they see you in our life, especially in the battles. They'll see our faithfulness because of you. We'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name.